0: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of the Steelers preview. I am Jeff Hartman, co editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. With me, as always, the triumphant trio, Brian Anthony Davis. What's going on, Brian? I am feeling groovy, ready to roll, my friend.
1: Steelers on their way to 6 0, oh, possibly.
0: We shall see. A lot to talk about there, Mr. David Vonghammer Schofield. What's going on? How are you tonight?
2: I, I'm here. I'm with you guys. We got a big game coming up.
0: Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Let's talk about some news. um, Guys, talking about this week of news and the Steelers, is there anything that, uh, you know, popped out, so to speak? Something that stood out? Brian, anything with you leading up to the game? Well, you
1: know, just the uh, the injuries and uh, the situations, uh, not knowing who is going to be playing. And non-Steeler news that really stuck out to me was the fact that the, uh, the Ravens are loading up.
0: Mm. Well, let me ask you this since you brought up the Ravens and that's fine that's kind of the hot button news here on Thursday when was the last time there was an NFL team that did what they're doing I'm talking like selling out trying to get as many players as they can bringing in big name guys and actually won it all I'm not saying it's never happened but when was the last time you can think
1: you know what I can't think right now it's just i can't. I'm you, you brought that up earlier and I agree. And I don't think this is anything for anybody to go crazy about, but it's a typical Eric DeCosta move.
0: Yeah. Well, screw those guys, Dave. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> That's next week. We'll get to them next week. Dave, what's going on? What any news stand out to you?
2: Well, first of all, just to address that issue, why worry about things not in your control, you know, take care of business in your own house. Let, you know what? Let what other people are doing in their house be what it is. We'll we'll deal with that when it comes across because the standard is the standard, and I just don't want to paint with a broad brush. So the only <laughs> other news that I that I'm going to say is um, there are some Steeler fans on social media quite upset. I actually did the article. It's the it's the first article on the website right now about you know calm down. Even though they changed which game is going to be on Sunday night football this week. It's now, it is not the Steelers still. It was not ever going to be the Steelers because CBS was going to grab a hold of this game and clutch it with a killer depth grip and never let go. There was no chance. They were giving up this game, even though it's not Romo and Nance, they're still not giving up this game.
0: Oh, who is it? Who's, who's it's, on the call?
2: Um, I and Eagle. And does it Charles Davis that's with him? Okay. Yeah. All right. It's wait. I have it right here in front of me. Yeah. Charles Davis.
0: Yikes. With, and then Evan Washburn. Eh, could be worse. Yeah. If Dan Fouts were still announcing it. Could be worse. <laughs> it could be worse. <laughs> well,
2: last game of the season. Can't hold anything back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, For me, my news is going to lead us into what the, the first topic I really wanted to talk about tonight in this preview, as we look ahead to week seven, five and oh, five and oh, it's going to be big. The injury report that's come out so far, Dave, let's get to it now. We'll get it out of yep. the way early. Go ahead yep. and read it. This is Thursday. It's being recorded Thursday night, so if you're listening on Friday afternoon, there's a good chance they've already had the diagnosis, but this is being recorded Thursday night. Dave, run it down for both teams.
2: Yeah, because that was the other news I was going to talk about, is that the Steelers have not made a move yet. Shockingly. So so their lack of news is news.
0: When did they they didn't move Zach Banner to IR right away either? It was Friday or Saturday.
2: I think it was That's Friday, even after the, the injury report. I can't recall, but they didn't because mainly it's COVID, it's COVID and exactly what they're going to do for the week and whatnot. I personally believe that if Stefan is coming back for this week. There's no reason to bring in another player that you're probably not going to play. Why have to cut a guy off the off the 53 to then try to get on the practice squad and then cut a practice squad guy? Why, you know, if, if you're not going out and getting another inside linebacker, you do not have one to promote from the practice squad because you've had one inactive every week. You might as well just, if Wisniewski's coming back, put him in that spot. Uh, that's, that's my opinion. But here, just, just to read it down, Devin Bush did not practice. He has been ruled out because he had surgery yesterday. Yeah. Um, this is interesting, which is something we're going to talk about later. I'm going to leave that for last. Um, the good news is Juju was back as what's normally it's been happening. happening. Yeah. He's out with a knee on Wednesday and then he's back on Thursday. Well, the one, the one week he didn't come back on Thursday. But yeah. Wait until Friday. He He was back. Um, Deontay Johnson, full participant again, two days in a row. That's a good sign. David DeCastro moved from limited to full. That's a good sign. Um, and then of course, Stefan Tua, was a coach's decision. He was back. Marquise Pouncey was listed as a foot. He wasn't even mentioned by coach Tomlin. I was trying to tell Jeff, calm down. It's going to be okay. I wasn't mad at that. I was mad
0: that no one asked about it. No one asked about the foot. I
2: understand. No one asked about the foot. I had a feeling that it was just he got his normal coach's day off, but because he had a foot, they it. listed it. Um, unfortunately, no Derek Watts, no Mike Hilton. This this injury report, actually, I, I, I predicted what it was going to be before it came out. I predicted neither of those guys would practice again, but there was one thing that I didn't realize was going to happen, and that was, and, and I think this might have other effects of things that we'll talk about later, that one Benjamin Todd Rafflesberger was still on the injury report. He did not have an FP mm. next to him. He had an LP. He was limited in practice.
0: But did you see what was next to the NIR?
2: Uh, yes, not injury-related slash personal. Was, I, yeah. The reports were out there. Ben did. Ben was late to practice for personal reasons that he had permission. They said, we'll work the other quarterbacks. And then even in uh, Coach Feetner's interview whatever it was today he even said yeah yeah ben wasn't there to start but he came in and he finished really strong so it has nothing to do with his playing on sunday yeah. it was just something that was going on don't know what he's good he's fine but i don't know if vegas might have overreacted to that a little bit we, we might talk about that later
0: i don't know well we will talk let's talk about the steelers injuries first because this is the yeah. i think the big a big talking point first let's talk about the offense okay so you look at the offense, Derek Watts banged up. He's probably not going to play because anyone that's ever pulled a hamstring knows it's a very delicate injury. Right when you think it feels good, you go and test it and you yank it again. They're going to have to let him rest this. I don't think he. there's any chance he's going to play. Yeah, yank it again. Um, <laughs> <That's a> so, <laughs> <good>. <laughs> but Deontay Johnson being back and David DeCastro being a full participant looks like they are both ready to go. They're ready, ready to play. My, guy, my question for Brian first. With Deontay Johnson coming back, how does that impact the Steelers' offense, at least from a personnel standpoint, in your opinion? It just makes them more dangerous. That's one guy that, look, we always
1: said that if you take away one of those guys, the other guys are going to step up. But when they're all in there, that team is so much harder to cover. Deontay Johnson, a lot of people have been on him lately because he's fragile. He's not fragile. He's just getting injured right now. But the thing about him, when he's in there, he is so valuable. Ben can go to him. Ben was trying to go to him in games earlier this season. Uh, The game that he got hurt, I believe, if that was the Texans game, he was going to him early and often. So, you know, here's another guy that makes it so much harder to cover a Claypool, a Juju, a James Washington, the tight ends. Just makes it tougher. So he is so crucial to this team.
0: But at the same time, someone is going to have to lose snaps because they don't run a lot of four wide receiver sets. They just don't. And if they do, a lot of times they include tight ends and not just put four pure wide receivers out there. So in your opinion, Brian, who loses snaps with Deontay Johnson back?
1: It just it really just depends on the situation and what packages they want to run at the time. You know, there, this is, you know, possibly a play it by ear situation, but they're, they're definitely going to want to use chase Claypool in a lot of spots. So it could be by the series, you know, yeah. you just have, this is uh this is the situation built for James Washington. This is the one that we
0: have Juju earmarked for. So, you know, there you go. Dave, what are your thoughts on that situation with Deontay Johnson expected to be back this Sunday?
2: All right. You know who's going to lose it? I was trying to look up something really, really quick to, to just to give a better answer for this. But who I believe is going to, to lose some snaps would be one, Ray Ray McLeod. How many think, snaps are we getting? <laughs> he wasn't. But what I'm saying is he's going to have a few. I think everybody's going to lose a little bit, and they're going to figure out – who's doing well, who's got the better matchup, who they can play where where. Um I got an email today where I was corresponding with um Captain Underpants and was wondering about who should play in the slot. I'm like I don't th- I don't want to know who's playing in the slot cuz I want the other team to not know who's playing in the slot. I love that the more options that you have of guys that you could put in different places, then you can work the matchups that you really white so if case you're wondering, Ray Ray McLeod had 13 offensive snaps against the Browns. I could see that go down to zero or one. Uh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> um No offense to Ray Ray. It's just some something's got to give. Give. So it's right. probably going to be. <laughs> Ray Ray! Go Ray Ray! It's probably going to be Ray Ray. No, but. And that's why I don't think you're going to see a major reduction in Chase Claypool. I think if anyone has to absorb it more, it might be James Washington. But it really depends on what on what matchups they ended up. They think they can scheme and they think they can get. And then what's really it's not just what you plan on, but also how it's working that day.
0: You know, speaking of snap totals, I don't know if people know this. Jeffrey Benedict writes this article for us every week. Chase Claypool played the most snaps for a wide receiver for the Steelers. I believe the last two weeks, that's even more than Juju Smith-Schuster. He was, they had there early and often. They clearly are dedicated to getting this guy on the field to try to at least be a distraction, if anything. And if they're not going to put a focus or an onus on him, then he's just going to win that matchup as it seemingly every single time he steps on the field. It's a good problem to have talking about Deontay Johnson being back, the more versatile, the more dynamic he brings an element that the other receivers don't even Ray, Ray McLeod, his route running, his ability to create space. He is a unique beast amongst the other guys on the wide receiving core. And with him out there, boy, is it more challenging? And it looks like he's going to be back. Now let's talk about the injuries on the defensive side, completely different. We're talking about Devin Bush. We know he's gone. A lot of talk has been made of Robert Spillane and rightfully so. Should preface this with Mike Tomlin did say in his Tuesday press conference that they do not expect Spillane to be on the field all three downs. They're just not going to do it. Now, as Tomlin did state, the Titans don't run a lot of sub-package offensive football. They are a line them up, run it down your throat, two wide receivers, you know, the traditional uh, personnel groupings. If that's the case, then maybe Spillane will play more. But ultimately, guys, how do you see this inside linebacker shaking out in terms of do we see more Marcus Allen going down to the box or do we see Ulysses go with the third playing defense for the first time this year? Brian, what are your thoughts? I think you're going to see more UG3 and you're also going to
1: see some Marcus Allen in there. They're going to mix it up because they are not going to just have one guy fill in all the blanks. If Yeah, go ahead. If they're not going to do it with Spillane, they're not going to do it with those other guys.
0: The one thing that scares me is if the D they're going to go into this game thinking, well, I'm going to throw a bunch of stuff against the wall and see what sticks. Like, I feel like you have to have a plan in place. I hope they have a good plan in place. Dave, what are your thoughts on that inside linebacker? uh, We'll call it just cutting up the, uh, the snaps.
2: I'm going to tell you, I can't even guess because I think no matter what we guess, we're going to be wrong. I think the Steelers are going to do something out of the ordinary. I mean, think about it. Was it the, now, I can't even remember which game it was. I'm pretty sure it was the Eagles game and not last week. That um, It might have been last week where Terrell Edmonds wasn't even on the field for the first defensive snap. It was Mike Hilton. They didn't play some of him. So they can work different people doing different things, and they might cover it in a way that we don't expect because what they really might want is something that the Titans don't expect.
0: That's true. With that said, before we go on to Hilton's injury, Mm -hmm. does Spillane have the green dot, you think, this week? Or do they give it to someone else? Dave will go with you first. Uh, I I think he's got it. I think so. Okay. Brian, you think he gets the green dot?
1: Yeah, I I really think he does as well. And if he doesn't, this man might.
0: (laughs) Mm, Sean Spence? Bring Sean Spence back off the (laughs) I was like, did he mean to say Sean Davis? (laughs) (laughs) I meant to say Sean Spence. (laughs) Well, Isaac Aguilera puts $5 in the tip jar and says, I'm afraid the Steelers will be so focused on stopping Derrick Henry that Ryan Tannehill is going to kill us over the top. Isaac, you're not alone with that sentiment. Thank you for the tip, by the way. This is tying in with the next injury, and that's Mike Hilton. If you're asking me, he has not practiced Wednesday or Thursday. I don't think he's going to play on Sunday unless he comes back and practices Friday, a full he might be questionable, but when you're talking about an injury to the shoulder and the, the way that Mike Hilton plays defense, I just don't, I don't see this being an injury that you can just shake off. So my question for you all is in the secondary, if Mike Hilton isn't in and he's not playing, how are you absorbing it? And I do want to preface this with the, uh, that the few snaps they had to deal with this, with the dime defense against Cleveland, which wasn't often, after Hilton left the game, because as Dave said in his stat geek, they basically were running out the clock on themselves. Um, The Browns were because they were white flag surrender. They actually had Steven Nelson bump inside. Justin Lane played outside and Cam Sutton stayed in his typical dime backer role. I'm not sure if that's what their plan is, but that's what they did. Now with a whole week to prepare, it might be different, but guys, if you're the one that's setting them up, Brian, what are you doing? I'm going to Cam Sutton
1: to give him the snaps, and I'm also looking at Sean Davis as well. Mm-hmm.
0: I like that, Dave. What about you?
2: I don't know that we're going to see much dime
0: this game. Okay, you know? but so do you just put Cam Sutton in the nickel and let him do everything? Yeah, that does okay.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that might be your better option is to not use as much dime because of, like Isaac was saying, he's worried about them stilling out against the run, but at the same time, we're, you're also dealing with some injuries from the Titans that we can talk about here eventually, too, that we'll see how that plays out. I Brian might be right where they could use Sean Davis um, or, or or something like that, or do what they did there, since I don't know that it'll be many more snaps than what they did on Sunday. So I, I, I see this as more of a nickel game, Of a base and nickel more than a, you know, nickel diamond occasional base. That's just me.
0: I think that, you know, if there's a game where you're thinking, okay, even if we want to substitute Hilton in the nickel and you want to put Davis in there, this is probably the game to do it because he's a bigger body. I mean, not that Cam Sutton can't tackle, he can, but bigger body, safety, used to that contact. The thing about me is that I think about well, most people forget that Sean Davis' rookie year, they had him in the slot. They actually used him as a slot cornerback mm-hmm. instead of playing him at safety. And then I remember Tomlin, it's probably about after week three or week four, he said, okay, we need him to focus just on safety. And they pulled him off of those duties. So he's capable. He played it in college at Maryland. He is cap- I think this is the game, in my opinion, where if you're going to start utilizing the guy that you picked up from the Washington football team, this is the time to do it. Because if Hilton can't play, and, it, and I'm not saying he's not, I'm not saying he's not, but if he isn't, those are big shoes to fill because Hilton is extremely versatile from blitzing, the way he plays the line of scrimmage, and his coverage, everyone says, is his is his Achilles heel. It's been better, in my opinion. It's been better. So let's talk, Dave, real quick about the Titans injuries. There's a couple worth note noting that um, you just alluded to. Go ahead and read off the Titans injury. Report. Yeah.
2: Now, this is just today's. It doesn't have anything from yesterday's. Um, but Jadevian Clowney was back to full, participant, um, tight end. Uh, Pruitt was uh, due to illness. He was back to full. Uh, tackle Isaiah Wilson was out for an illness. Um, they just say illness. They're not saying anything. Everyone else that had been out was full, like John, tight end John U. Smith was full, um, some other players. But the big one that did not practice on Thursday was wide receiver A.J. Brown with a knee.
0: And he was not listed on Wednesday. So he hurt himself either in practice Wednesday or somewhere in between Wednesday and Thursday's practice. That's a big, big injury. Brian, what are your thoughts on that?
1: AJ Brown is phenomenal, if you ask me. This is a guy that when he plays, I picked him up in a 14 man league last year and he won me the championship. That it's a hard win, it's a hard league to win. And he was just money every time he played. When he doesn't, you feel the difference. This team is so much better when this guy is in there. The title of this is there's, you know, you got to stop more than Derrick Henry. If A.J. Brown's not in there, the task gets a little easier because he is so dominant. I'm talking this guy has the potential not just to be a pro bowler, but an all pro. I love him.
0: Yeah, Dave, go ahead and give your thoughts on A.J. Brown missing practice, assuming, let's say, he does miss the game. Um, As a Steelers fan,
2: I am not – I'm I'm going to pay attention to it. I'm going to be looking for it tomorrow, but I'm not putting anything in my mind until I see what happens on Friday. That's just – that's kind of how, how I go. I, I don't think – like with our own Steelers guys didn't practice for two days, I don't think they're playing like, like Watt and Hilton. This was just one day, one day on Thursday – it could have been kind of like what happened with T.J. Watt the one time You're where right. they kind of right. hit with his knee, and they're like, "Oh, let's give him a break in between there. as We, you know, let him rest it a little bit." So, I think tomorrow, I mean, if he's questionable, that's huge. If I, w- I wouldn't be shocked if he's back to a full participant with no injury designation.
0: Can someone name not in the live chat because they probably do? But anyone on the show, can you all name another receiver for the Titans <laughs> that's not named A.J. Brown? Corey Davis. I
1: okay, yeah, I was gonna go say that, Humphreys. Um
2: whatever that is. <laughs> um but then the tight end is is the John Who Smith, right? He's pretty doing pretty good when he actually plays. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, okay. <laughs>
1: That's no, the no. thing. John Who yeah. Smith is the real deal. Today.
0: Yeah, I thought so. These are to me, these are not household names. I'm not saying they're not good, and I'm not saying they're not capable, but these are not household names. I think that for me, someone said Derek Mason. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, do you think that Yeah, there you
1: go. Let me jump in real quick. Nate, Jeff,
0: Nate Washington. Sorry. After this week, you are
1: going to be looking for Johnu Smith every week in your fan duel. Trust me.
0: Okay. Guy's that good. Okay. What was he sick, Dave? Is that what it was?
1: Um, no, his
0: ankle injury. I don't think he played oh, last man. week. Did know. he? Or there was a question if he was gonna play or not. I I can't remember. Okay. Whatever. So that's some injuries to watch there. Some injury. But honestly, I think that uh the Titans are a pretty healthy team, all things considered. They did lose their left tackle. Uh Luan, is that how you say it? Luan. Luan, Luan is Luan.
2: what I I understand it's Luan.
0: Sure. Um, but guys, let's talk about this upcoming game. What about the Titans that's not named Derrick Henry, since that's the title of this podcast? What about the Titans? It's not named Derrick Henry scares you about this upcoming matchup. But Dave, we'll start with you.
2: Honestly, it's Ryan Tannehill. Okay. I mean, what that that's the one thing, and this is what Tennessee's been. That's why they're putting up 30. They put up 30 points, 30 more than 30 points in weeks two and three, and more than 40 points, I think, in in five and six, maybe. Yeah. Um, and that's just going off memory. I don't have it in front of me. Um, I know it's over 30 for all, for the last four games. And a lot of that isn't just because of Derrick Henry. It's what Derrick Henry opens up, sets up, you know, you pay attention to Derrick Henry and then all of a sudden, boom, Ryan Tannehill gets you. Now this is what you were supposed to, this is what was supposed to be the case with, with that mistake by the lake with, with the, with the Brownies team, you know, that that's what they were supposed to be, that, oh, you're going to pay so much attention to that running game, and then all of a sudden, ooh, Baker Mayfield's going to get you. No, he's not. As you know, Baker Mayfield sucks. So, But <laughs> yes, that's does. not the same with <laughs> Tannehill. is a player that was not having a good NFL career and then finally got in the right situation to show what he can do, and he can. But it's kind of like what has been going on with Ben Roethlisberger this season. He hasn't had to throw the team on his back all the time, but when he has, he's been able to step up to it. So that's, that's something. And, and I mean, we, we can't just go off the Browns game. We know that before that, when you look back to the Eagles game, that what the Steelers were doing and trying to, you know, take out Zach Ertz, that they were giving up yardage and stuff in the passing game. So you always, you always got to remind yourself, Oh, if they're so focused on Henry, are they going to open up that passing game? So, I'm not saying that it means it's going to win that the Titans are going to win or the Seals will lose because of that, but other than Derrick Henry, that's what you have to worry about.
0: Brian, do you echo that sentiment,
1: or is there something else? There is something else. It's the 1997 third round pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers when Michael George Vrabel. That guy mm-hmm. is a wizard, and he comes up with the craziest stuff to uh, Jedi mind trick officials. As far as these weird loops on the field. I mean, this guy is actually really for me, he's a top five coach right now. And I think he's that good. Um, So I think that he is one step ahead of everybody else when, when he's coaching a game. So I'm not saying that he's going to be one step ahead of Mike Tomlin. All I'm saying is that he thinks like Belichick. He played under Belichick. He played under Bill Cowher as well. He played under two legendary coaches, one in the Hall of Fame, one that is a sure Hall of Famer, that if anything's a lock, Belichick is. So this guy has been around it his entire life, and as a coach, I'm really looking at Mike Vrabel as being one of the best that we're going to see in a long time as far as top five right now. So he could really he's, – he's in the laboratory right now.
0: Wow. Well. Yeah, he's from the Belichick tree. He knows all the tricks of the trade. Uh, for me, you know, Dave said it well, but I look at the Titans' offensive line, and not only are they opening up holes for Derrick Henry, but they're keeping Ryan Tannehill clean. You know, uh, you can check out my Let's Ride podcast Friday morning, uh, and I dive into a lot of numbers because Dave was generous enough to share his numbers. I kind of couldn't his chicken scratch a lot of times. But I still, told it's <laughs> it was going to be a problem. <laughs> the Tennessee Titans... Have only given up six sacks all season, and that's pretty remarkable. I mean, Tannehill Let's is, it. yeah, Tannehill has been pretty. He he's been clean. He's been clean, and you can say it's because of the running game. It doesn't matter. He hasn't been sacked. I don't care what the root cause of it is. The offensive line has been keeping a pass rush off him. Now, have they played a team that has such a pass rush like Pittsburgh, who has twenty four sacks on the season? No, I don't think that they have. But at the same time, we know that the Pittsburgh defense is predicated on getting pressure on the quarterback. They're going to blitz you. They're going to sell out to, to, to get to the quarterback and they're not going to get to you. They're going to hit you and they're going to want to rattle you. I'm not sure if Ryan Tannehill falls into that category of quarterbacks that can be rattled. Baker Mayfield is falls into that category of quarterbacks. that can be rattled. Ryan Tannehill is a tough guy. I remember them playing him in Miami. He takes shots. He's, he's a tough cookie they are going to have to get to Ryan Tannehill, in my opinion, and they're going to have to at least pressure him into getting rid of the football. And he gets rid of the football quick, not as fast as Ben Roethlisberger, but they don't want him dropping back and, you know, seven, eight step drops. The Steelers and that offensive line of the Titans is going to be something to watch. I'm not going to say it scares me, but it certainly is a red flag because Pittsburgh is so reliant on getting to the quarterback that the fact they've only surrendered six sacks a season and the Steelers have only given up eight, by the way, they've only given up eight. So, Kudos to the Steelers offensive line as well. So, real quick, anyone want to say anything else, Brian? You good? I want to you know echo
1: what you said about Ryan Tannehill. He was the wrong, he was the right guy with the wrong franchise in Miami. And when he gets with a pretty good franchise with guys around him, he's so much better of a player. But we mentioned mm-hmm. it earlier when we were talking about the injuries. Taylor Lewan, left tackle, he's out. That's a big problem. Yeah. So those seven sacks have a potential to really go up.
0: They could. They could. Uh, let's look at some other numbers here before we take a break. And then when we come off the break, we're going to talk about our X factors over under predictions, bold predictions, and then some trivia to finish out the end of this. As we always do in part two. You I mean, look at some of these numbers for uh, the Tennessee Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers, just some of the numbers that I looked up. So in terms of the mirror images of each other, in terms of turnovers, giving the ball away, Pittsburgh has given it up four times. Tennessee three. Taking it away, they have both taken it away nine times. So nine pretty times. nine times. That's right. <laughs> In terms of sacks that they've gotten, we know Pittsburgh has had twenty four sacks on the season. Tennessee has seven. So the Tennessee Titans are protecting Tannehill, but they can't they can't sack the opposition. To save their life, I'm sorry, Dave. What are you what are you saying? No, I was going to say uh-uh. no.
2: With the answers that we gave of what scares us, notice none of us did anything on the defensive side of the ball,
0: and that's we I'm going to talk about that in the second half, but yeah. real, real quick, Ryan Ryan Jeffords puts 4.99 in the tip chart. Says we stop the run, we get up on the scoreboard. Then Tano will have to drop back, and we'll get our sacks and flusher, and that is the recipe for success. It's easier said than done. <laughs> Put it that way. Stopping Derrick Henry, it's easy for me to say as a five foot nine, hundred and seventy pound male. Um, but for someone that has to go tackle that monster, that's a different species altogether. But let's look at some other numbers real quick. Points four. So points scored, the Titans have scored the average thirty two point eight after five games. Pittsburgh's thirty one point two points against. Tennessee's giving up twenty five point two points a game. Pittsburgh eighteen point eight. Brian, what do you think about some of those numbers?
1: The offensive, uh, the offensive scores, they're they're so close that yeah, really it's it's a wash, a push at this point, but that's a big disparity. That's a touchdown difference <laughs> yeah. on on defense. And that is huge. And how many times have you seen the the Tennessee Titans win a game besides the Buffalo game by less than a touchdown? I mean it's basically three points seven points here last week it was seven points they went by three points over the the vikings so they play tight games so that difference of uh what you give up that is a
0: huge deal dave thoughts on these stats you went over them beautifully in your stat geek if you haven't checked that out that podcast check it out what are your thoughts on these numbers
2: it's funny because it's everything's so much about oh wow it's that Tennessee offense going up against that that Pittsburgh defense it's such a you know clash of the titans literally I guess we 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 could say is you know strength on strength but really what this game might really come down to is will the Titans be able to stop the Steelers offense yeah. and that's what people aren't talking about and I think that's going to be a, a, a probably more important than even the other one.
0: And that's what we're going to be talking about in part two of the Steelers preview podcast. If you're listening in audio platform, right when this one ends jump over to part two right below it or wherever you're listening in audio platform. If you're on YouTube, don't go anywhere. We're not going anywhere. We'll be right back after this break.